Father, we lift up the name of Jesus. The one who came from heaven to earth to show the way. We pray that, O oh Lord our God, our eyes may be opened to the way so that individually and together we will be kings and priests unto our God. Establishing by spiritual authority and by conduct the kingdom of our God and his righteousness. To the end, O oh God, that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. You may please be seated. Kings and priests unto God. Part two. We return to our scripture. John 1 4. Revelations 1 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and first washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him. Even they who passed him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. Amen. The greatest challenge in Christendom is for each believer to know who he or she is called to be. Religion, I tell people, religion can be very deceptive. You know, you come every week, you sing, you dance, you listen to a message, you put offering in the offering plate, you go home satisfied. At least this week, I was not a pagan. And you can do all of that. And somebody asks you, what is this whole thing all about? Yes. What is it all about? You know, why did Jesus leave heaven and come to this earth to, to live and die and then return to heaven? What is it all about? And until every individual comes to the understanding of what it's all about, that church will continue to be some organization doing 
religious things, but not really transforming individuals to become who God wanted them to be in Christ. You know, one of the, um, my, one of the greatest discoveries I made in my spiritual journey, and it was not that far, far away. It's something I'm talking about in the, like the last five, six years. And yet it's been there all along. And that scripture changed my life like never before. It's in, John, in Romans 8, 29. For those he did for, he did for no. That's what the scripture said. Those he did for no. He did predestinate to be conformed into the image of his son. You know? So that Jesus will be the firstborn amongst many brethren. So somebody, somebody is wondering, what is my calling you know, in Christ? What is my ambition in Christ? I said, all of us have the same. Is to be conformed into the image of who? Yes, yes. I don't have to be wondering, well, you know, what, what has he set out for me to be? No, he has set out for the same thing for everybody. So whether he called me as an engineer, as a banker, as a housewife, or as a trader, no matter where I find myself, it is in that place I find myself that I'm going to be conformed into the image of who? Christ. So that when I'm walking there as a banker, they will be seeing who? Christ. Yes, that's what the whole thing is all about. When I'm walking there, a man gave us a very wonderful testimony. Um, he said he went to, I think it's a local government office you know and people were going i don't know what they were paying for in all these things you you go to do in the local government offices and 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 there were three cages three cages you know cubicles where people are sitting you know serving the public then they he discovered that one cage the the queue the queue stretched out to the road the other two cages, the other two cages, you know, people prefer to stay in one in this cage, you know, and then they, they, nobody went to the other two. And then he asked, what is the reason? They said, this one, these two, they collect bribe. <laughs> this one, he doesn't collect. So everybody... But you see, that, that was not what interested me. He said, when he now went to look into the cage, he said it was a boy that he raised up when he was principal of a school as a Christian. That that boy was showing, he was showing that, um, that uh, one man can make a what? Oh, Yes. Oh, yes, that when you are a Christian, you are conformed to the image of Christ. And even if you are the only one, even if you are the only one, you will make a difference. Everywhere you go, you make a difference. That is the challenge of our calling. When the Bible says he made us 
kings and priests unto God. It's so that you and I can know who we are. And don't get into a place and the place will swallow you up. You know? And then your identity as a Christian is not felt or seen or heard in the place. Ah, that's a tragedy. That's a monumental tragedy. For a person to come into a place and the world has shut you up. As a Christian, you can't talk again. They shut you up. Then something is wrong. It's either you never found out what the whole thing is all about or you never found out the power available for you to be able to stand up to that crowd, whoever they may be. So when we understand who we are and who we are called to be, we study how to position ourselves to become who we should be so that we can do what we have been called to do. You know, I was um, saying to a group of people that, you know, isn't it, isn't it a tragedy that um, the, 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 the head of state may be trying to reform, say, a section of society. And he wouldn't be able to pick up the phone and call the general overseer, I need a man of integrity. There's plenty of money here, you know, that could easily go into wrong hand. Do you have anybody to give me? I don't think so. Eh? <laughs> you see? I don't think so, you know. Then, then the whole thing, the whole thing is meaningless. The whole thing is meaningless. Do you have anybody to reform this uh, financial institution? That's why one, one brother that is uh, in the bank, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about him, you know, because uh, the, the testimony is really astounding, you know. So when a person, when a person cannot, cannot stand up to their Christian calling in a place, then the place has swallowed you up. You don't know how to rule in that place. You know, when a man comes into a place and says, I'm king, I'm priest, I make a decree that this must not take place here. Even if it was taking place before, it will not take place here. Of course, it doesn't, uh, 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 then the fight, the fight will start. And then you cut them off from the spiritual because you know what to do. You know who you are called to be. The Bible says, even though we are in the flesh, eh, our battle is uh, it's not in the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, we do not war in the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are what? Mighty through God. And you know, a, a, a lot of people read that and they don't say to themselves, what does this mean? That the weapons of my warfare are mighty through God and are not carnal. And I'm, with them, I can dismantle a lot of opposition. And, and, and they are not asking, okay, even if I understand this, how does it work? How does it work? That's why I said to some group that uh, church is an academy. You know, where you train soldiers, spiritual soldiers, 
who know how to take on. Because everything evil is, originates from a spirit being. And you know how to fight in the spiritual to bring about changes in the natural. There is a scripture that has encouraged me in this regard. Let's go to it. It's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 from verse 3. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the lawless one is revealed, the one destined for destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, declaring himself to be God. Verse 5. Do you not remember that I told you these things when I was still with you? And you know what is now restraining him so that he may be revealed when his time comes. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but only until the one who now restrains it is removed. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth, annihilating him, by the manifestation of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is apparent in the working of Satan, who uses all power, signs, lying wonders, and every kind of wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Now, many people in church believe, and rightly so, that we're in the end times. But that's nothing spectacular at all because we have been in the end times from the first century AD. Oh yes, we've been in the end times. If you study Paul correctly, you will see that he, he had believed himself that Jesus will come in his own lifetime. So we've been in the end times since. So what matters is whether we understand what the end times is all about and how we have prepared and are preparing ourselves to function effectively in the end times. I saw a video recently of a meeting in Kazakhstan on the issue of one world religion. And that meeting took place um, September last year, just September last year. Even a casual student of the Bible would know that such a meeting is antichrist in all its intents and purposes. Pope Francis was there with other heads and leaders of many world religions, but particularly the so-called Abrahamic religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. They claim that their aim is peace. You know, you can, you can, you can watch that video. It will not do something in your heart. You know, you just, ah, <laughs> Pope Francis, <laughs> Grand Caddy. <laughs> you go to another thing, Joe. And yet, and yet, if you do not stop them, uh, one day you'll be running for your life. 
You know? That is the sort of insensitivity that occurs amongst those who don't understand what the whole thing is all about. That if you see such a thing, you must know that you have to stop them or they will stop you. But you and I know what the scriptures say about that, though. That's the help we receive. First Thessalonians 5, 1 to 3. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then what happens? Sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. A man is a Christian leader. He says he's pursuing peace and safety. So how do we do it? Gather everybody together and tell them we are together. <laughs> we are one. We are serving the same God. Okay? So let there be no more fight or quarrel or killing of each other. And that is the peace. That is the peace. You know, read John 14, 6. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. We call it the gospel of exclusivity. He does not admit any other. And then you go and sit down with people and say, we are, we are together. You know, we are serving the same God. We are not serving the same God. Somebody said, are we not serving the same God? I said, no. I know the God I'm serving. I don't know the one you're serving. <laughs> so I cannot say that we are serving the same God. You know, you can say, you can say that you are serving the same God with me. I don't know. Because I don't know the God you are serving. You know, when believers stand the challenges that face us in this gospel, that you and I have to stand up and keep the faith for the next generation, you know, because if people didn't keep the faith for us, we wouldn't have it. We would not have it. If we're indeed in the end times, what are kings and priests unto God doing on the earth? Certainly, Cannot be to while away the time until it is their time to return to heaven. It couldn't be the ceaseless pursuit of the demands of existential living. You know, you go to some places, all they preach about, in one way or the other, is how you will prosper, how you will increase, how your life will be better. I told a group once that anything that the devil can reproduce. It cannot be the reason why Jesus came. You know, because you see, if you prosper, the devil prospers people. You know, whatever it is that you are really making your aim in life, and the devil can also do it. Ah, it cannot be the reason why Jesus came. Because the reason why Jesus came, the devil cannot reproduce it. That's why you don't have to, uh, if you are pursuing righteousness, the devil can only oppose you. He cannot join you. You know, cannot join you. 
when you are standing up for righteousness in the world, the devil has to oppose you. He cannot join you. That's why we say, without fear of contradiction, that there must be a militant, the word is militant church. You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a word that can be misunderstood in the, because of the current usage of it, militants, militants. But Christians must also be militant in the sense that they know that there is a war and they know how to fight it so that the purposes of God can be established. So there must be a militant church deploying all the resources of our relationship with God through Christ to establish the kingdom of God and his righteousness on the earth. That's the priority that our Lord Jesus Christ gave us. Every other thing is secondary. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. I was speaking to a pastor. You know, they are into uh, a lot of charity. You know, I said it's wonderful. You know, the church can be into a lot of charity, supporting poor people. You know, I said, but don't make that an objective, supporting poor people. So that you just fed them, you know, and then they will go to hell. Ah, hey. <laughs> I said, that cannot be the goal. So if you cannot give them the word that will change their lives, feeding them, feeding them is good, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough. So charity, you know, and, and a lot of people are very excited when, when their organizations are into a lot of charity. Great. Our Lord Jesus Christ cared for the poor. You know, yes. Yes. But you know what the Chinese uh, say? They say, um, um, if you give a man a fish, he will eat for one day. If you teach him how to fish, he will eat forever. So uh, uh, handouts really uh, um, um, they help, but, but not in real life-transforming ways. But even when you do handouts without the gospel, you know, you know, we were in a prayer meeting, very interesting. The Holy Spirit said, what do you people really want? Do you want a Dubai? You know, you know Dubai now, everything is working. Skyscrapers, you know, but no, 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 evangelism, mm, just, just develop. Is that what you are praying for? I said, no, we don't want Dubai. Yo. It's not about Dubai. You know, it's not about paved roads. It's not about uh, water. water. Yes, oh, yes, all those are offshoots of righteousness. But that's not what we're talking about. It's about the kingdom of God in the lives of men. The development of the human character, transforming them into the image of Christ. That's what it's all about. You know, the Holy Spirit asks all these questions, you know, so that so when, when people are praying, you wonder what are they really praying for? What are they praying for? What will they have and they will stop praying? You know, so if you wake up one morning and then water is running, you know, the light is now constant, no more generator. No, you know, say hallelujah, praise God. You know, is that what you're praying for? And then the people are all in the beer parlor and in the uh, 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 nightclubs and, 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 and doing all kinds of mayhem, you know, but the roads are working. 
We're talking about the restrainers of evil. You see, verse 7 says, verse 7 says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains that evil, somebody has to restrain that evil. He will do so until he's taken out of the way. Okay? Who are these restrainers of the Antichrist? And the question you should ask yourself is, am I one of them? You know, you know, one of the greatest tragedies that can befall a man, a Christian man or woman, is to come to church on Sunday morning and hear that Jesus came the night before. You know? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus has come. The people have gone. Ah. <laughs> Somebody said, I will really cry. I said, how will that help? <laughs> how will that help your case? <laughs> you know. I said, but you can buy yourself a ticket to the rapture. Be a restrainer of the Antichrist. Yes, that guarantees that there's no way he can come and you won't, and you won't go. Because if you don't go, the Antichrist cannot come out. So, so, so you see, to be to be right up there with what Jesus has called you and I to do. You must be sure that you are one of those restraining the Antichrist. The Bible says the restrainers must be, they must be taken out and then the Antichrist will be revealed. Now, the restrainers of Antichrist over the centuries since the first century AD the question has always been who are these restrainers okay if you read um, first century third century commentaries they will tell you that what Paul had in mind may have been Rome you know because Rome was restraining savagery you know, don't forget that um, <laughs> Europe, they were the barbarians, you know, and all kinds of savagery was going on. And Rome came and put a stop with their law and order and took away a, a, a murder and capital a death, capital punishment from every society. And that's why the Jews couldn't kill Jesus. They had to take him to Pilate. You know, according to our law, we, are, we can't put anybody to death. Yes. So they say Rome brought that, you know. That's why, you know, when Paul was uh, about, uh, um, Festus tried to hand him over to the Jews, what did he say? I stand at the judgment seat of Augustus to be tried. So I haven't done anything worthy of death. If you want to take me to the Jews, I appeal unto Caesar, yes, I appeal unto Caesar. And Festus says, you have appealed unto Caesar. Unto Caesar, you must go. Yes, unto Caesar, you must go. That is it. So um, quite a few thought that um, then after that phase passed, that there came a general consensus that the restrainer of evil must be the Holy Spirit. Okay, so now, now, they said, 
when the rapture occurs, this is the thinking, that when the rapture occurs, the Holy Spirit will be taken out of the earth. And then it will be impossible to repent because it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction and conversion. Okay? But you see, what they failed to understand is that the Holy Spirit is not an effect. The Holy Spirit is not a phenomenon. The Holy Spirit can only function through a human being. Oh yes. Even the demonic spirits, they need a body. They need a body. So what that means therefore is that the restrainer, agreeable, is the Holy Spirit. But he can only do so through what? Kings and priests unto God. That is the whole point. He can only do so through kings and priests unto God. You know? And so, and so you, that's where you and I come in. That because Jesus released the spirit to be indwelling. Okay? He, he, said, he said to his disciples in John 14... The spirit is with you now. But when I am risen from the dead, the spirit will be where? In you. Yes, we call him the residential spirit. He is residential. And he is residential. Ephesians tells us to give you and I strength in the what? Inner man. Yes, so you can have the boldness, the courage to dare anyone and everyone. You know, you know do you, uh, uh, many believers don't know how to dare anyone and everyone. Say, so here's how you dare anyone and everyone. Somebody stands here and say, do so and so, or do so and so. Then you pause. You ask the Holy Spirit inside. How should I respond? Tell him to do his worst. <laughs> I can't tell him that too. The man will slap me. <laughs> but you see, when you are accustomed to obeying the one who sent you rather than being afraid the one you are sent to ah, you turn around and say you dare not even though you may be shaking, shaking, shaking but you will still say what they tell you to say that is it I remember I tell this story all the time when I was an undergraduate in the university I was the secretary general of the fellowship of Christian doctors the Ibada chapter I was praying one day and the Holy Spirit said, write an evangelical thing. Send to all the professors and lecturers in UCH. I say, Lord, you know these people. When you have not even done anything, they'll wait for you in the exam and fail you. <laughs> you know, so now that I'm looking for their trouble, he said, I've told you, send it. Do you know, I wrote that thing, signed it. But the day I was taking it to the local internal mailbox to be distributed, my legs were just there. Uh, yes, I was, so, I was so afraid. I was so afraid. But I still dropped it. I still dropped it. And, and the mail went. Do you know about um, 15, 10, 15 years later, when I was in America, I made a discovery. It was such an amazing discovery. I asked my supervisor to send for my transcript 
Okay, that year I was telling God that if I write this thing, these people will fail me. Do you know that I didn't pass one of the subjects when I saw my transcript? That was the year we were preaching all over the place and, 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 and talk, discussing till 3 a.m. <laughs> Pastor Elton came and delivered us. <laughs> anyway, but the interesting thing is that in that year we did two exams. It's called part 2MB, pathology and pharmacology. I passed pharmacology. And if I didn't pass pharmacology, there's no way I would have passed because I failed all the tests. It's just the exam I passed. Then pathology, two marks short, two marks short. But do you know, I didn't get a reference. They didn't even add the two marks for me, but I didn't get a reference. It was an unbeliever. But that was the year I was telling God, if I send this letter, if I send this letter, these people are going to fail me. That's the year I actually failed, but nobody failed. <laughs> but you see, why am I telling you this story? Better be afraid of the one sending you. Don't be afraid of the people they are being sent to. Yes. Better be afraid of the one sending you. Because that thing you are trying to protect, that's how, if I, if I didn't do that thing, maybe when they see me, they say this boy, just, just put him down. You see, having a reference was not such a big deal, but I, have a, I had a scholarship in the university. You know, so I, I could easily have lost my scholarship if I had a reference. And that would have been, hmm, I would have been a monumental tragedy. <laughs> so, 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 so it's important to understand this, that when, when we take instructions from God, we can dare anyone and everyone. And it doesn't mean you are not afraid. No, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is in spite of all your fears. No matter, you know, even if you are shaking in every limb like I was that day. You still do what God has asked you to do. You know. So this sense, it's understandable. They're shaken by, because they understood the implications of missing the rapture as revealed in Revelations 24 to 6. You know, when he says, uh, talks about the first resurrection, you know, say, so you know, you know that once you go up, then the second death will not have power over you. You know, I tell believers, always remember that we have two births, hmm? B-I-R-T-H, two births, two deaths, two resurrections. That's what we have. If you have two births, you will have one death and you will be in the first resurrection. If you have one bath, okay, you will have two deaths and you will be in the second resurrection. You know, so you, you better, so when they, when, when they, 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 they realized, you know, oh, no, the danger of missing the rapture, it is very, very serious because once you miss the rapture, then you are going to the second death. Now, here's what the scripture says. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them in Revelation 24. And judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads, on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. 
but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. When a person misses the rapture or the first resurrection, they will become candidates for the second death after the millennial reign of Christ. The second death is the lake of fire as revealed in the same Revelations 20. Okay? So, the sea, verse 13 says, the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. They were judged each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, verse 16, 15. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, after the calming them down and reassuring them, the apostle then told them that the revelation of the man of sin whose power derives from Satan is an event that is being kept at bay by a restraining force. Okay? Now, the question is, how do you and I um, um, feature in this restraining? See, a man can live all his Christian life. He has not made one decree, you know, for the kingdom of God and for righteousness. No. All the decrees he's making, particularly in this time of the year, anybody that says I will not see December 31st, <laughs> you know, let fire consume them immediately. <laughs> Do you know that I attended a January prayer meeting in our church in Yaba? They brought one man to lead the prayer. So I went the first day. Anybody that say you will not see 31st, fire, we pray. Then I come the next day. Anybody that say you will not see 31st, fire. I say, ah, we prayed that one yesterday now. <laughs> you know, so you see, it's all about revolving around me. You know, I say, no, 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 no. In fact, I told some group that uh, when you release that curse, anybody that say you will not see December 31st, fire consumed. Then the curse is going. He's looking for anybody. He didn't find anybody. <laughs> and then the curse come back and said, only you, they talk like this. <laughs> it is for this reason that men and women who have been made kings and priests unto God, we must know our roles in restraining the Antichrist in this church age. You know, the church age began on the day of Pentecost. And the church age will end when rapture takes place. But while it lasts, the Holy Spirit will continue to restrain evil through men and women who are kings and priests unto God on the earth. That's you and I. No, that's you and I. This is not a passive process as many think it is. This is not an assignment for the Holy Spirit alone. It is primarily an assignment for men and women who have been made kings and priests unto God on the earth. 
It is our responsibility and duty to learn how we are to do this. Our teacher is the Holy Spirit. You know, I was telling, explaining something to some group, and I said to them, because the Holy Spirit has revealed that there is what we call territorial and extraterritorial prayers. You know, that there are some prayers you will pray. No, if you pray it in Lagos here, it won't work. If you go to Kitekukwa Waterside and pray it, it will work. But how do you know such a thing? Only by the Spirit. You know, Jeremiah 51. Jeremiah wrote down all the curses against Babylon for their judgment, for what they did to Israel. And he gave it to Sariah. Say, okay, follow Zedekiah. You're following Zedekiah to Babylon. When you get there, open this scroll. Read it into the atmosphere of Babylon. When you have finished reading all of it, tie a stone to the scroll. Go to the, their own river, Euphrates, and drop it there. He said, as it sinks, so shall Babylon sink. Never to, no, never to rise again. That's what they call prophetic prayers. Okay, if Sarah has said, ah, this uh, scroll is heavy, let me pray this prayer in Jordan here. Yeah. You know, if you prayed, if you prayed the prayer in Jordan, it will not connect. It will not connect. Prophetic prayers are prayed exactly as commanded. And that's why, you see, when you are, when you are, when you are waiting on God and he tells you what to pray and how to pray, and you pray it exactly the way you are told. Ah, you know that uh, that thing will, will, will be sealed. And that's why some prayers, you know, you can pray them here, but they will tell you that if you really want them to connect, go there. You and I don't know these things, so. You know, anybody will say, but prayer is prayer now. Ah, is God restricted to geography? Yeah, whenever, wherever you, you pray, God is uh, everywhere. He will, uh, but that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. The Bible is quite clear on that. That you and I, you know, if we have to make decrees, prophetic prayers, and, and, and the other interesting part of this is that there is uh, what we call territorial and extraterritorial jurisdiction. That I went to America and I said to them, um, um, I'm going to pray two prayers. I'll pray one for you. I'll pray one for me, for Nigeria. I said, the one I'll pray for Nigeria, I will say, Lord, let there be righteousness and revival, whatever the cost. I said, I'll pray that for Nigeria. I said, but I cannot pray that for you. Because you will tell me, ah, when you pray whatever the cost, Sebi will enter plane and uh, go back to Nigeria. You don't have any stake here. You know? It will not affect you. I say, yes, that's why I won't pray that for you. You can pray that for yourself. And say, Lord, whatever it will take, let there be righteousness here. But I can pray that for myself. You know? And so, and so you realize that, you know, there are, there are ways to get around and get into and cause heaven to move on issues and on matters. So it's important for us to enter into this. 
Hebrews 11.3 is a very powerful scripture for anyone who wants to walk things from the spiritual. You know, you know that you cannot compete with uh, um, the devil and his people in, by, in methods. You cannot compete with them. You cannot do what... I, I told the man, I said, you want to do politics? Say yes. I said, it's not time yet. There's no righteousness. So as a Christian, you cannot do politics. He said, no, 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 no. It's okay. He found money. He, he, he printed some posters. Uh, have some boys running around the, the, the prison. Then on the day of the election, <laughs> the ballot box came at three in the afternoon. And when it came, it was already uh, full. Oh, yeah, totally, totally full. So I said to him, if they gave you this ballot box, will you fill it? Say, maybe you wait for proper election to. That's why I said, don't waste your time. When righteousness comes, yes, you can come out. But the way it is now, you can't do those things now. So people are saying, no, Christians are not joining. But I say, no, you have to give birth to righteousness first before you can join it. You have to give birth to righteousness. Because you can't join it. You know, a, a friend of mine, uh, before he became a Christian, his brother was contesting in one of the states. So they carried all the, you know, they cornered the whole ballot boxes. And they were just thumping and, and stuffing, thumping and stuffing. <laughs> He said one policeman opened the door. He saw them doing this and he called himself, Oga, I don't expect you to join this type of thing. He said he felt so ashamed. That is it. You know, you are born again and you are thumping, thumping, thumping. I'm feeling boxes. <laughs> it's not possible. But so, but when righteousness is established, things become normal. And that's why you see, if you don't understand that scripture, in Matthew 6.36. Understand it now. That Jesus said righteousness is the key thing. So that things will become normal. When Wesley and his brothers. They preached that righteousness. Things changed in England. And do you know. The, 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 the trappings of that thing. The, that gospel they preached. So many hundreds of years ago. Is still being felt in England. Somebody went to America. There was a revival in um, uh, upstate New York. Somebody went to America. You will leave them, um, two journalists, they will leave um, their purse on the seat of a taxi. You know, in so many cities. In quite a few cities, they didn't uh, <laughs> find the purse. But in Rochester, the center of that revival in upstate New York, in upstate New York, they found it. They say it's the, it's the aftermath of that hundred and something year old revival, the effect is still being felt in the lives of the people. And, that, and, that, and that's what you and I are looking for. We need a genuine revival here. Genuine revival of righteousness. And if we are not concerned about that, oh, then we are not in the agenda of God. We are not really kings and priests unto God. So, the Bible says in Hebrews 11.3, you know, by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not what? Visible. Yes. And that's what you tell believers. What is visible was not made from nothing. No. What they were made of are things that are not what? 
visible. Yes. So when a man kneels down and begins to pray for righteousness, he is constructing in the invisible. He's constructing in the invisible. You know. And then, and then the Holy Spirit said, okay, you, are you really serious? Then when you go to your office today, stop that thing you are doing. So, hey, the people are going to trouble me. So, yes. But do like Gideon, you know. Everybody who knows the story of Gideon knows that after all is said and done, God said to him, okay, here, here's what you are going to do. The idol in your father's house. Eh? Okay. Go and push it down. The, the wood there, use it. The, the cow there, use it to sacrifice to God. Gideon was like, child, if I do this, then this will are going to kill you. The Bible said he couldn't do it during the day. He did it when? At night. He, yes, I said, do, do, do it. They didn't say the time to do it. They said, do it. Ah, okay, can do it in the night. You know, what, but whatever, the whole idea of that story is that whatever God wants, so that the anointing will come down, ah, he will, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Because, you see, the moment the anointing came down, ah, they told Gideon, to bring troops. He brought 3,000. Ah, what are we doing with all that? No, 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 no. They whittled them down to 300. And even when they went, they didn't go with sword. They went with uh, calabash. To make noise. That's how God is. Once the anointing comes down, you know, you see the difference. And that's why that the, the, the Christian who understands kings and priests unto God, they know they have to establish that thing they're looking for in the natural. They have to establish it where? In the spiritual. And how do you establish it? It's a simple prayer. Lord, I want to see righteousness in this place. How should I pray? You know? I don't just pray anyhow. No. How should I pray? You are the one going to answer the prayer. The anointing is with you. So tell me exactly how I should pray. And then once I get it, you know, I start to pray it. I start to pray it. I start to pray it. You know? It will look as if nothing is... Uh, oh yes, that's the problem. That's why many people have the problem. Somebody wrote in my class uh, page, we have been praying since, please, please, don't talk about this prayer. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> I said, these are people who don't understand how the system works. Remember, in Job chapter 1, the Bible said there was a day in heaven. Okay? The, the sons of God appeared. Lucifer was there. And in that meeting, they gave him permission to, to attack Job, but not, not Job's person, nor his wife. But every other thing, his, his business, his children, everything was put outside the hedge. Now, did that thing happen the day they gave him that permission? No. The Bible says there was another day on earth. Say the first day was in heaven. The second day was on earth. And there's an interval. There's an interval. And that's why, see, when you're praying for righteousness, you cannot afford to be weary until the anointing comes down. And when you've seen the anointing bring about change, it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. You will see people repenting. I told this story several times. In those uh, 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 fellowship in the, in the 70s, in, in the university, when we start meeting, 
when we start meeting, do you know the first announcement? Sinners, sinners, becoming and to be saved immediately. You see them running. <laughs> you see people running. Sinners. Now, if you want to call sinners, eh? if you call sinners, they won't come. Eh? No, because the anointing is not down. But when the anointing has conviction and conversion, do you want to go say, yes, 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 they're running. That's when you know the, 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 you're seeing something different. You know, you can persuade somebody to give his life to Christ. You know, say, are you born again? Yes. When? Um, I think it was my wife that insisted I be born again. So I, I got born again that day. <laughs> You know, but do you know what you know? I'm just following her. You know. <laughs> yes, there are many born again in church like that. <laughs> you know, they don't have conviction. They don't have genuine conversion. Because they go to their office, they're still the same. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. So, you and I know that uh, there's an anointing for this thing. You know, that God comes down and, and people are weeping. Uh, Reverend Genodi told us that during the Welsh revival that, um, that um, if you step in the city where that revival started, you will come down under conviction. You will lie prostrate. They will have to go and call the pastors to come and minister salvation to you before you will be released. So there was one family. The man is always beating the wife. So I don't know, he, he, he tried to beat the wife and the hand hung like this. So they want to call the people. The woman said, no, leave him there, please. <laughs> said, leave him, leave him, please. Let him stay there for some time. <laughs> so when they release him, he will not do it again. <laughs> No, but he says, when, when the anointing comes down, you don't know in what shape or color it will come so that it will be permanent in the hearts of the people. There are so many memories of that visitation. And, and, and then the change will be genuine. The, a Bible college came out of that revival. And that's what a Reverend Ginodu attended, you know. Kings and priests unto God, therefore, are men and women who understand spiritual authority. They know, they know what it means to be empowered. They know what it means to be anointed. They know what it means to make a, make a, 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 a decree. You know, uh, Reverend Idahosa told us um, um, when he was still alive years ago that he went to, he went to a, a, a village in, ben, in, in Bendel in those days to hold a crusade. And it was beginning to rain. It was an open air crusade. He said he lifted up his hand to heaven and said, Stop. He said the rain stopped. If you haven't seen it before, you wouldn't know it happens. You know. But God wants you to know that you have authority. Don't be watching evil. Use that authority to cut off the spiritual connection to evil. And then wait. Then it will shrivel. See, the, the, the worlds were framed. Things that are visible. They came from things that are not what? Visible. You put a decree here. Nobody knew you put a decree. You know? Nobody knew you put a decree. And then after some time, the anointing for it will come down. And things will begin to change. That's how we work. 
That's why they made us kings and priests unto God. They empowered us so that you don't come, you don't come and you see evil. And then you just, you just uh, uh, smile and, and move on. No! 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 Anywhere you go and there is evil, you know, rise up. Lift up your hand to heaven and say, Lord, because I'm here, I order that this evil must what? Cease. Must cease. You know, can you imagine a hundred of us, a thousand of us, five thousand of us, every day, everywhere you go. <laughs> That's what they call corporate. By the time all those decrees coalesce, things are beginning to what? Turn around. Turn around. But now, you can imagine. There's an election coming. Some people are saying, uh, how are we going to vote? I say, don't do like the last time on. When they, they, even I went to one church, they were wearing uh, lapels, change, 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 change. Where is bringing change? Yet the, vo, 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 the Holy Spirit said, beware of Jeroclidon. This man is going to cause serious trouble here. Well, you, all of us are witnesses. A pastor, I went to Abuja, a pastor told me, I have repented. I repented. Yes, because I knew he was arguing with me in 2014. He said, I have repented. Yes, but you don't, how many times? You may not have a chance to repent again. I said, you don't know who to vote for. Be praying for righteousness. Be praying for righteousness. Pastor Elton said, we will have a season of uh, corruption. And then we will have a season of uh, righteousness. We've had the season of corruption. Unprecedented. The accountant general collected 80 billion. He's not, he's not in jail, though. Is he in jail? I don't think he's in jail. No, he's, a, he's, a, he's going about freely. <laughs> so what is happening? He's only just 80 billion. It's not really that much. That is it, too. You know, that is the type of corruption that we have. You know, every day yeah, you think you have, you've had the worst. You, you, and yet these are the people who came to give us uh, change. But this is the change they've given us now. You know, they are, they are, even Babangida is telling us that the type of corruption they had was child play. <laughs> Compared to what is going on. Uh, yes. Yes. So you see, I say pray for righteousness. Vote for righteousness. I said, this is the first time since I started uh, 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 attending elections in this country that you can say there's a choice. The last time they said no, no, that, uh, one is as bad as uh, the other. But this time around, that's a choice. And I look at it, particularly in this season, you know, I'm believing God. That righteousness, this will be a time for righteousness to be born in this country. You know? Some people want it to be somebody from their tribe. I say, I don't, I tell God. In fact, sometimes I say to God, don't even tell us who prayed. Use whoever you like. Yes, but I want righteousness. So, if it's somebody from my village, okay. 
If he's somebody from your village, okay. But let us have a... Yes, that is what I expect of the church. That's what I expect of the church. Knowing what the Bible says about righteousness. See, righteousness exalts... Uh, yes. And that prophet, Pastor Elton's prophecy says, when righteousness comes here, people will be coming from all over the world. How did you people do it? Yes. That's what the prophecy says. How did you do it? And a Christian in this day and age will cast a vote for people who are... They, they, have a, they have a degree in corruption. <laughs> Somebody said that Atiku, that he doesn't live here. You know, that uh, every four years he comes from Dubai <laughs> to contest election. If he doesn't win, he will return to... How uh, can such a person uh, uh, really help us? You know, I'm not talking about Tinubu, uh, uh, no. Because um, um, somebody said that um, what he's going to do in Nigeria will be what he did in Lagos State. You know, everywhere you turn, his pipe is uh, there. Yes, yes, yes. We bought land. We didn't know who owns it, who owned it, you know. So a middleman came and we paid for, for, for careless center. We paid. You know, they say we should bring 500 million. Anyway, cut a long story short. The man said we should pay 330 million. Then we paid. Then he came back and said, the owner of the land said, that 20 million discount we gave you is not allowed. We should return it. So we returned it. Who is the owner of the land? In whisper. In whisper. <laughs> They whisper the name. That is it. So, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not interested really. And, but if God can still want to use him, see, if God can still want to use him, you know. But from a human point of view, the vision is really for a season of change, genuine, you know. I'm 74. Okay. So it couldn't be for me. Uh -uh. I've gone to school. I've finished. I've, to all my children have gone to school. They're finished. So this righteousness, no, no. It's for the country that when we were 12 during the independence, we marched, we marched. There was so much hope. Everybody was ready to work hard to see a great Nigeria. All that dream just died because of bad governance. So, pray for righteousness. Say, Lord, let there be righteousness for the children that are coming. Yes, yes, you know, for the children that are coming. I've passed all of that. I've finished all my school fees. Now, if I see a little labor to eat in the, in the morning and a little labor in the night, I'm okay, you know. So, you see, they, they, all of that hustle now. Mm -mm, not at this age now. Not at this age. But there must be a future for our children and our grandchildren. You know, there must be hope for them. That's why you pray for righteousness. And you don't have to, they don't have to know anybody. If the place is righteous, ah, God will take care of them.
God will take care of you. That's what this whole thing is all about. And it's a season. And if it passes, nobody knows when it will uh, come again. Yes. Nobody knows when it will come again. So, when you get home, be, begin to decree, Lord, the only pe pe people that will succeed in this election are people who will walk righteousness. Okay? The ambition of every man that will not walk righteousness. You know them. I don't know them. You know them. So the, 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 the ambition of every man that won't walk righteousness. Block. That's how you exercise authority. You know. You don't know. You don't, you don't mention anybody but righteousness. That's consistent. And the ambition of anybody who is not part of God's program of righteousness in this season. Block. That's how we pray, spiritual authority. So that when genuine change comes, you say, yes, I'm one of those who prayed. That's what I ask people. You say, you say you see good things coming, good things happening. I say, is your prayer inside? Or you are just watching it? You know, <laughs> God has done wonders. Indeed, he did wonders. But did you pray? He, do, he does wonders in response to prayer. Did you exercise your spiritual authority to bring about change? Don't, don't pray for party. Don't pray for individuals. Pray for righteousness. And block everybody working against righteousness so that the kingdom of God can come. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. You know, that's how our spiritual authority is not just for the church. It is out there in the world. Because Jesus sent us, seek it first, the kingdom of God and what? Righteousness. And then you will see everything will be added. Yes, you know, if you go to nations where righteousness was, at least was part of their foundation. You see, even old people are taken care of, you know. Their, their pensions, their gratuities, they, 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 they live on it. I have, I have friends and family, they, they worked in England. You know, one of them is living in his village and collecting money. By the time he multiplies it, he's living like a, a yes, he's living like a king here. You know, he's living like a king here. He's built a massive house there. You know, why can't it be so here? Why can't it be? You know, but you and I can give birth to it. That's why they made us kings and priests unto God. Praise God. Okay, um, okay, a few minutes. Any, any questions before we pray? Questions? Thank you very much, sir, for um, the exposition of the word. Um, I have a question regarding, you know, what I think you said about righteousness must be established first before a Christian can participate in politics <laughs> or, seeking, or seeking political office. Okay. Now, I struggle with that a little bit because... The evil system we're talking about operates in business. Are we saying we should live there? It operates in the civil service. 
Are you saying we should live there? You know, I'm just, I'm just not sure that that's exactly, I wasn't sure whether that is what you were saying, and I'm not sure whether that is what the Bible is saying. Okay, um, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, um, what, what the discussion was really all about is uh, how far can you go in the system? You see, you, you don't have control of that system. You know, you don't have control of it. And so you want to operate in it. See, if you, unless you can go there and say, well, uh, um, we, we, we must stop all this corruption you people are doing here. Then you have people who will go, um, um, when they deliver the ballot boxes, they will um, sit there watching it. Where are you carrying it? To? Where, you, you have to do something like that. You know? So you are not really expecting that people you know, who have custody of it to have the integrity to protect it. No, you know, because it doesn't happen. I tell you a story. There's a professor um, from OAU University. He went to vote in his village, Ijebuibo, um, okay? So he, after casting his vote, he said he will watch over the ballots to make sure that the results, you know, will be what uh, they cast there. So he drove behind them to the collect collecting station. So they went there, they dropped the boxes, locked up their place, and drove away. So you want to watch boxes? Sit down there and be watching it. In the morning, the result was announced. So you see, you know, the, 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 the thing is, um, I'm not saying that uh, a Christian has to wait. No, but if you, if you want to do something in a particular system, you know, particularly where you don't have control. But you see, if I come into an office, you know, ah, I have a measure of control. I have a measure of control. But to go into a place where you don't have any control, you know, and, and, and look at what is going on now. You, they, 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 they're killing people. You know, and, and, and will you have your own talks ready to be, you know, so this, this is the sort of thing. So if you are not ready for that type of thing, then God really must lead you. You know, it's not just that you have a political ambition, because that's what, the way I saw it. You, you know, he had a political ambition, you know, but it's, a political ambition won't do now. You know, if you have a political ambition, let, wait for righteousness to come, you know. But um, um, if you feel uh, messianic, in other words, God wants you to, be, then you can go and, and weather the storm. Uh, that's a gentleman. He became party chairman, okay? And then he was, all the people that sponsored him to be party chairman, they were telling him, they were telling him, that is why we put you. Make sure that we win. He said to them, uh, um, if you want to win, go and uh, campaign of course, after the first election, he was removed as party chairman. This is not how they do. Eh? So, so that, that's what I'm saying. You see, even though that he was party chairman, he was insisting, you know, but the next thing they just uh, removed him. But why I'm talking about righteousness is that there's a, there's a general atmosphere that everybody believes that we need to get this thing right. Yes, that spirit has come down. You know, but no, if, if you still feel uh, called of God to go in, yes, 
But if it's something that is local to you, like your office or your civil service, or no, 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 that's totally different. Because a lot of people, a lot of people have power, but they're not using it for righteousness. They have power in their offices, you know. Well, and others are using their own power for righteousness, making sure that because I'm here, this thing must be done in the right way. I hope uh, I've made myself clear. Uh, thank you. Mine is actually a contribution to this, sure. this particular point. Um, I quite, quite um, share the position of uh, what Dominic was saying about whether you should stay away. But I think what the speaker is saying here again is that is if you're going in, you're, there must be some underlying strong reasons, not personal. You have to feel called. You have to, for instance, we have, we have, we have political movement that's going on here now. And we know that one of the major gladiators moved from one of the strong parties into a party that everybody called a weakling. And looking at his, all his statements and his own records, everybody knows that he is the one who has been telling you to the face that he's not going to give anybody shishi, he's not going to bribe anybody to get there. Yet, he moved along because he has a record that is speaking for him. And he's speaking, and from what we are seeing so far, whereas people are paying people to come for their rallies, he doesn't seem to be giving anybody any money. And yet, things are happening. And then, so you could see that it is possible to go there because you want to make a change, a genuine change. And then, of and course, heaven will back you're, you. coming, you're coming from a background, too, where your own life has to also speak. You're not just coming, everybody knows you that you have been part of the corruption and then you want to come and tell them that you want to make the change. You have to also have a proven record, track record that shows that in your own little way, you have been able to perform righteously. And I think that's what's going for him, that we have been searching, well, checking everything. Well, I, I, that's an example, yet, sorry. Yeah. That's an example in the Bible. Um, when God empowers a person to go and make a change. And that example is Moses. You know, Moses was um, Hebrew, but he was raised Egyptian. And not only was he raised Egyptian, he was raised Egyptian prince. But the mother must have told him that you are Hebrew. Okay? Dev, don't forget that. The Bible says that when he was of age, he came out to visit his brethren. And he saw an Egyptian oppressing a Hebrew. And he looked right, he looked left. He killed the Egyptian, buried him in the sand. Okay, so the, the matter came out and Moses fled. But when God was ready, because Moses was ready when God wasn't ready. When God was ready, because the iniquity of the Amorites is now complete, he went to Moses. See, Moses had shown so if I had the opportunity, okay, I will free these people. That's what God is looking for. Not that I had the opportunity. I didn't free them. Then God will come and call me. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You know, I have opportunity to establish righteousness in my little office here. I didn't do it. Then I go and put a, a, a paper. I want to do it in Nigeria. I said, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. 
So, so those are the uh, uh, principles governing this thing. And, and um, um, it, it doesn't justify uh, staying where you are and doing nothing. But you can stay where you are, do the little or the much that you can do where you are. And then when God needs somebody for, on the bigger stage, you come and call him. That's the way it works. That's, that's what we see in the Bible. Hallelujah. I watched a video clip yesterday and I was asking the person that showed it to me. There's a girl that all these Awasa people beat to death and throw a tire on, on, the, on the girl and burn the girl. Yes, now. The, the girl in Sokoto. Yes. Yeah. So I want to find out. What is the limit of Christians to go for righteousness? Because once you get to them, they will react. They will react on what you are saying. They don't want to hear that. They don't want. It's still, it's still the same principle. You know, um, somebody says, oh, you know that's has a position here. God is sending you there. That same place where there's a lot of opposition. It is not when you get there that you deal with the opposition. You deal with the opposition here before you get there. So that when you get there, the people are what they say they are, but they are not able to perform. That's how the spiritual works. You see? So I don't, I don't go there. After I go there and they start rioting, then I start praying. No. That's not the way it works. You see, I told you that the day in heaven must precede the day on earth. And that's why if I know I'm going to go there, I stay here now. All the spirits that are operating there, I must take them captive here before I arrive there. And then when I now arrive there, people said, ah, didn't they oppose you? Well, you know, they made some noise, but that is it. That is it. Because everything is from the spiritual. And so by taking control, the same thing, even in your office, you know, you hear that, you know, if you come here and you work for righteousness, they will post you from here to Kutuwenji, you know, permanently for the rest of your life. So you start here. That posting that they are doing to Kutuwenji, you won't do it when I get here. That is it. See, you want, see, kings and priests means you have the authority to control this thing. Evil has a spirit. Every evil has a spirit. You want to control that spirit before you get there. And you have testimonies of this. You know, they said they will not uh, um, um, uh, give it until they collect a bribe. But you went there, they said, ah, you take. That is it. You know, I, I have, I, I have an a, a, a experience I share. Before before. Every time I want to change my passport, there's a man that we call. Okay? We pay him money. Then he will just be calling oh yeah, come and capture. You go and capture. Oh yeah, come and collect. You go and collect. <laughs> That's how we used to do passport, my wife and I. Then, you know, the Holy Spirit started saying, why should you continue to do such a thing? You are contributing to the... Yes! That's okay. Okay, I will not do it again. So I went there. I said, I'm ready to move from table to 
Yes, so, so I sat down. So the man looked at me and said, Baba, okay, this uh, young lady that came with you, he let him carry table to table. So I sat down. The girl was going table, 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 table. So we are signing, 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 signing. Anywhere we go, they say, ah, you have to come tomorrow. I said, okay, we'll come tomorrow. No problem. Uh, you, you, it will not come out until two days. Yes, two, two days will come. You know, no problem. So we continue to do this, you know, until we got to capture. You know, capture. So uh, 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 I, I sat down, and I'm ready to be cleaning the chair with my trousers. You know, because that's how you do it. You know, they're, they're moving, you're moving, and all of you are cleaning the chair with your, your, your dresses. Yes. So I was sitting there. Then one woman came in. One woman came in. Said, what is this Baba doing here? They say he came for capture. I capture him. That's how they capture me. <laughs> That's how they capture me. <laughs> so I traveled home to bury my brother. Then I came back. Then I said, I will not um, go now. This is Christmas. So I don't want these people to uh, do Christmas with me. So I will go in January. Then the Holy Spirit said, what is your business with Christmas? Go and collect your passport. Ah, so I went there. I entered the office. I sat down. The same woman came. What is this old man doing here? They say, I said, I come to collect passport. He said, yeah, go and find his passport. They came back. He's not ready. Make it ready now. 30 minutes, I walked away with my passport. <laughs> so you see, you, God will give you a testimony. Something that you thought, oh, it's not possible, it's not possible, it's not possible. You know, God will give you a testimony. You know, so, so, so those are the things, you know. You realize that heaven can intervene. They can intervene, you know. And all those things we all take for granted. Not, it's not possible, it's not possible, it's not possible. Ah, God will make it possible. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. And then you begin to teach the people. Pray to God. Tell him that I'm going there today all those demons collecting money, they mustn't seem. <laughs> yes, because, because uh, you're you voting for righteousness. A lady told us, she said, um, she was supposed to supply some goods. The goods haven't arrived. And the people were calling her. So say, when she, the phone rang and she saw the number, she said, Lord, I must not tell a lie. I must not tell a lie. Because if I tell them that the goods have not arrived, they would award the contract to another person. Lord, I must not tell a lie. So when she picked up the phone, the people talked up, talked down. They didn't ask her about the goods again. That's how God works. So she didn't tell a lie. So when they are saying kings and priests, you have spiritual authority. You have to connect from the spiritual. That's where you have advantage. You don't have advantage locally. No. But you have advantage, maximum advantage. And when you cut off powers there, ah, things begin to work here. And by the time you've experienced it, you've seen it work locally in your own life. Ah, if they tell you it can work nationally, you say, yes, I believe. Because I've seen it in my own life. You know, that God can intervene and make things that are seemingly impossible to become what? Possible. Yes. Yes, that's why we're here. You know, can you imagine if every single one of us did it? There will be testimonies everywhere. You know, testimonies everywhere about how God is cleaning up the place. And people are realizing that things can work normally. You know, the way it works in other places. You know, you want something, 
you want a form, you collect it. You know, no, no questions. Uh, yeah, it's just the, just the normal way. Just the normal way. Someone praise the Lord. Alright, let us bow our heads to pray. And ask God for grace to really become kings and priests. Everywhere we go. Know that God has given us power and authority. You cannot allow evil to go unchecked. And the worst is you are the one committing evil yourself. Ah, never. Never. Lord, give me, empower me. You know, every time you kneel down, say, Lord, empower me. So that whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Empower me. That's why I'm here. Restraining evil. Stopping wickedness. Stopping oppression. Stopping immorality. Empower me to fight for the kingdom of God. And for righteousness. Empower me to stand firm under pressure cutting off all the spiritual forces of evil empower me oh lord my god i want the kingdom to prosper in my hands to prosper in my life to prosper through me that's what we have been called to do everywhere we go let righteousness reign the kingdom of god and righteousness let it reign let it reign let the kingdom of God and righteousness control every community where we are. That's our calling. Every other thing is secondary. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you in particular. Empower me in particular, Lord. From today, I want my spiritual authority to count for the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Everywhere I am, in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Breathe on me, breathe on me, Holy Spirit, breathe on me, yesterday's gone, today I'm in need, Holy Spirit, breathe on me oh lord breathe on me breathe on me holy spirit breathe on me yesterday's gone today i'm in need Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Father, we surrender as vessels in your hand. Empower us by your Holy Spirit. That we may go into our world and establish the kingdom of our God and righteousness. That the people around us will know that we stand for truth, for righteousness, for justice, for equity. That's what we stand for anywhere we are. That light may come into this world of darkness. 
Because your children are standing as kings and priests unto their God. Lord, may this word go far and wide. That the saints will truly arise to possess their kingdom. For it is in Jesus' precious name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.